Hello and welcome to another episode of the Film Recommendation Podcast. My name is Andrew Furlong. I watch pretty much everything so you guys don't have to. Um, this episode, as is the case every episode, I will be bringing you reviews of the best films I've seen over the last few weeks. Although occasionally I do review some films I don't recommend as well. Um, but we like to keep it positive on this show. Um, so the majority of the time, by the end of the episode, you guys... Um, we'll hopefully have some great titles to watch if you haven't seen them already. Um, so the first film I'll be reviewing this week is A 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, on this show to an extent when I can, I like to shine a light on and recommend film titles that might be less known to a lot of people. Um, so it feels kind of strange to start the show recommending a film that has been number one on film critics list since it was released universally heralded as a masterpiece and has been spoken about in Lent by far more informed and insightful people than me. Um, But you know, at the same time, a lot of people probably haven't seen it yet or released in a while, and to others, they know of its critical praise, uh, but for one reason or another, still haven't gotten around to watching it. And I finally got around to watching it for the first time this week, and I watched it on the big screen in the Great Prince Charles Cinema in London. And I was purposely holding off uh, seeing this movie until I got a chance to watch it on the big screen as nature, or at least Stanley Kubrick intended. And I'm absolutely delighted that I did hold off, because if ever a film was intended to be seen on the big screen, or at least on as big a screen as possible, um, it's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, so forget your laptop, forget your phone screen. Um, you need to go out and buy a 52-inch screen to watch this movie at the very least. And I'll tell you why. Um, this is the closest you will ever get to seeing space depicted on screen. Um, the weightlessness of space. How people move about without the aid of gravity. The deep, dark emptiness and vastness of space. All stunningly realised and crafted by and... Expertly directed by Stanley Kubrick and a lot of time is devoted to showing the mechanics of how space works through slow moving shots and effects that haven't aged a day since the film's release in 1968 um, which to put into context was a full year um, before man had even set on the moon and seeing this on the big screen maximises the experience of 2001 to the fullest. Uh, I mean, this is starting to sound a lot like 2001, the cinema edition review, and in a way it is, because I can see how a lot of the time devoted to the technical side of space and the long, lingering shots um, devoted to space could really begin to drag and wouldn't have the same impact on the small screen um because for my film seat i felt like i was practically in space and there's a famous story actually in my household about um space odyssey and it was before i was born actually but when my dad was first courting my mom um courting as it was only probably called in those days i imagine um but in the process of trying to impress his future in-laws um one famous Friday night, um, before my four uncles were all set out to go to a dance hall or a disco or whatever a club was called in those days, um, my dad suggested to them um, to give the Friday night a miss. Um, there was this fantastic movie on that night, um, which, as you can guess by now, was A Space Odyssey 2001. Um, now, just to tell you a bit about my uncles, these guys are a Terminator or a Die Hard type of crowd. Um, 
So my dad was doing the equivalent of playing a Britney Spears CD to a bunch of Metallica fans, really. Um, so after two hours and a half of chimpanzees fighting, talking computers and fetus babies overlooking the globe, um, my uncles were left with a wasted um, Friday night and wondering who was marrying into the family at all, really. And I can totally see why this movie could be taxing to a lot of people's patience. Um, this movie can be interpreted multiple ways, on multiple viewings. It really doesn't hold your hand with the narrative and almost becomes intertwined with each individual's own psyche, um, creating a personal viewing experience for whoever is watching. Um, I love the mythology of it. Some of this stuff, the TV shows um, Lost and the X-Files would be proud of. Um, I love the mind fuckery of this movie. Um, the only thing that compares in terms of that is Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain. Um, space can make you feel very nihilistic in this movie and no word of a lie um space odyssey was the most intense and the most overwhelming experience that i have ever had in a cinema and by the final 20 minutes um i honestly felt like i was going to pass out or faint and my heart was beating so much um this was an absolutely amazing experience a definite recommendation um but with the caveat to watch it on as big a screen as possible so that was space odyssey 2001 the next film i will be reviewing this week is pain and gain directed by michael bay my name is daniel lugo and i want to make america a better place if you're willing to do the work, you can have anything. That's what makes the USFA great. You work hard, and what does life serve you? A shame sandwich with a side order of shit. <laughs> Don't be a donter. Do be a doer. I had a wife, two beautiful daughters. Thank God I left her. Now I'm with seven honeys of which I can choose from. Oh my God, this guy understands me. Now, Michael Bay has been somewhat of a punchline in the film community over the last few years. Um, I agree that the Transformers movies are unforgivable and shockingly bad. I mean, they're just slightly worse than most of the Marvel movies, mind you. But still, they're shockingly bad. Um, but people seem to forget that um, Michael Bay is one of the best directors around. I mean, watch The Rock, Armageddon, Bad Boys, even The Island. And this guy's shot-by-shot shot arsenal is unrivaled. Um... He's an absolute visual genius, um, with only possibly Roland Emmerich um, coming close. And he's been absolutely pillared and demonised by a lot of people as of late. And another reason is because of his laddish type tendencies and scantily clad women and the massive explosions he likes to have regularly. Um, but you know, when did that become a bad thing? I mean... Are certain sections of society going to force their moral compass on things they don't agree with on every single movie now? Um, which, ironically enough, would lead to nothing but propaganda filmmaking anyway. Um, so the only question really we're asking when it comes to Michael Bay um, is, would Pain and Gain be a return to form or has Michael Bay indeed lost his touch? And judging from the critical response to this movie, um, it would look like he has indeed lost his touch. Um, but you know what? After watching Pain and Gain, I can safely say this is one of his best, if not the best, um, Michael Bay film I've seen. And 
and it has all the elements um, that people despise about Michael Bay. Um, over testosterone meat bags, pumping iron in the gym, um, the Kim Kardashian view of the American dream, half-naked girls being uh, viewed as objects. Um, so the Michael Bay morality police probably had a field day and were outraged when they watched Pain and Gain, except for the fact this is pretty much bordering on satire at times. Um, Pain and Gain is deconstructing the tropes that Michael Bay is normally associated with um, in a very funny fashion as well. It's it's the type of black comedy I haven't seen done well since in Bruges and Pain and Gain is a true story about a bunch of bodybuilders starring Mark Wahlberg, The Rock and Anthony Mackey who take their pursuit of the American dream and bettering themselves to the absolute extreme and all three of the leads in Pain and Gain um, just deliver on their performances. Um, this type of black comedy is such a difficult tightrope to navigate through um, without becoming parody. And these guys manage it. Um, this is the best performance I've seen Mark Wahlberg um, doing. Uh, he hasn't been this good since Boogie Nights, I don't think. And quite honestly, I think a lot of people went into Pain and Gain ready to point the finger at Bay and missed a hell of a lot in this movie. Um, just one example to illustrate my point. In one scene in the club, we see this FHM inspired statuesque blonde, um, your stereotypical uh, Michael Bay girl, so to speak. Um, but in the next scene, we see how she arrived in America as an illegal immigrant in the back of a car boot. And this movie calls out the darkness of the American dream through bright lights and glamour and an absolutely hilarious script. Um, it's certainly a recommendation, so check that one out. That is Pain and Gain, directed by Michael Bay. Um, the next film I will be reviewing is Happy Christmas by Joe Swanberg. Um, now let me read you a quote uh, by Joe Swanberg. He says... The people around me that I care about are facing new challenges and situations all the time, um, such as getting married, having children, um, going back to grad school, or deciding between the poor life of an artist or a more stable financial situation. I want to document all these things and continue to do so as they change. And that, to me, is the essence of the Mumblecore movies I've watched so far. Um... Some people could watch movies like Drinking Buddies, um, The Puffy Chair, The Color Wheel, The Dudecapatatalon and Francis Ha and say to themselves, um, not much happens in these movies at all and they could think they are rather aimless. Um, but to me, they're about the subtle yet profound changes that interacting with different people in your life can have and also about how the effect of experiencing different situations, no matter how minute, can have on a person. Um, it also helps that these movies um, somehow always manage to put a fresh spin on familiar situations um, depicted in cinema numerous times already. Um, in a way, these type of movies, uh, due to everyday relationship dramas, um, what Korean cinema did to the crime genre, in a nutshell, um, bringing fresh life into well-worn narratives, basically. And Happy Christmas is a perfect example of that. Um... I'm sure there will be some people scratching their head, uh, wondering what they just witnessed. But to me, it is a perfect example of how somebody can have a massive effect on somebody's life just simply through interacting with them. And when a sister, played by Anna Kendrick, who seems to be um, Joe Swanberg's um, muse to an extent, um, when she comes to spend Christmas with her brother, his wife and their newborn baby... 
It's just about changes in all of their life uh, in this sweet, uplifting, very warm, good-natured movie. Um, like a lot of Joe Swanberg's uh, other movies, this is entirely improvised. It's really impressive how they can show such a subtly complex character drama um, where dialogue is key um, without the benefit of an intricate pre-planned script um but maybe if they had done that this movie wouldn't have felt as true to life as it did i mean i don't particularly like kids or ever want them really um but the scenes interacting with the child in this movie just so just felt so real uh that it was the first movie i ever saw that made me think i might want a kid um which is an achievement in itself and this movie is called happy christmas as i mentioned and i did and i think this film embodies all that is good about Christmas as well um especially when you take out the commercial element of the holiday and by all that is good I mean families coming together interacting and appreciating each other for who they are so yeah um it's a nice small scale heartwarming movie and one that I definitely recommend um that is Happy Christmas The next film I will be reviewing is Once, directed by John Carney. Who'd you write this song for? She's gone. She's dead? No, she's not dead. She's gone. You don't want to go for, like, coffee or a walk or something, no? I can't. See you. My father used to play in the orchestra back at home. Guys, good to meet you. Have you done much recording? No. No. I don't know you, but I want you all the more for Where's our guy? He doesn't leave me. No, and now once caused a massive buzz when it was released in 2007 um it was made for 112,000 euro it earned rave reviews and was very successful in america um the famous song in this falling slowly um won an academy award for best original song um but i actually only watched this movie for the first time this week and one of the reasons I hadn't seen it until now, which is a bit stupid, I suppose, in hindsight, was I actually despised that song when I first heard it. And believe me, when I say this song was everywhere uh, when this movie was first released, um, especially since the film was set in Ireland. um, But it's absolutely amazing what music within the context of a film will do sometimes, because after watching this movie, I must have played that song numerous times. And... In a way, the John Carney films that I watched so far are as much about a love story of music as it is about the love between two people. And this film that follows the blossoming friendship between an Irish street musician and a flower seller from Czech Republic is just that. And they initially bond over the love of music and in a way it is a will they or won't they love story but but with a deeper layer of creating art and the joy of sharing music and the bond formed while collaborating in a way this is before sunset with guitars and pianos uh as our two main characters just wander around dublin 
talking about their experiences, um, forming a real connection. Um, in a way, this is before sunset with guitars and pianos, as our two main characters just wander around Dublin, talking about their experiences, forming a real connection that us as the audience can really buy into. And a lot of that is down to the genuine chemistry between the two leads. And I mentioned before Sunset a moment ago, and that's another movie where you really buy into the connection between the two leads um, played by Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy and after seeing the trilogy of those films and the movie once it's really beginning to bug me when I watch lesser movies and the two leads um, feel like they've been thrown together and you just don't buy into them as a couple it can really harm movies I think and the chemistry between the two romantic leads on screen uh, in this is the thing that really adds believability to whatever story you're telling and allows you to really root for the couple and thankfully once is this in abundance and I wasn't surprised to read that the two leads actually got together after filming this movie and so yeah I was really impressed with this movie and even how the streets of Dublin are shot really brings the city to life in the same way even somebody like Woody Allen brings uh, places like Paris and Manhattan to life. It was nice to see Dublin getting similar treatment to that. Um, this film combined with the music will really bring you on an emotional roller coaster. I mean I genuinely had a headache from holding in the tears so much uh, by the end of this movie um, so that is Once directed by John Carney and my fourth film recommendation this week the next film I will be reviewing this week is Begin Again um, which is also directed by John Carney um, we have a kind of John Carney double bill of sorts this week and let me just say that Two weeks prior to this, um, the name John Carney wasn't on my radar at all. Um, but as of now, his work is something that I will be anticipating with a kind of Christmas Day level of excitement from now on. Um, because I absolutely love this guy. And Begin Again is a really charming, beautiful movie um, that has John Carney's stamp all over it. And this has a lot of similar themes to Once, um, but it's got a bigger budget, um, bigger stars, and an absolute powerhouse of a performance by Mark Ruffalo. Um, my favourite type of Mark Ruffalo is a burnt-out Mark Ruffalo, and he is the epitome of that in his performance in Begin Again. Um, he embodies that type of character so well um, that I had to immediately seek out about five more Mark Ruffalo performances after this. Um, incidentally, he also plays a great burnout um, in You Can Count On Me as well, um, just in case you need another Mark Ruffalo fix after watching Begin Again. Um, but anyway, in this he plays a former music executive who is a bit of an alcoholic and is down on his look, who might just have discovered the next big thing in a young singer-songwriter who just moved to Manhattan, played by Kira Knightley. And in many ways, this movie is a love letter to the music industry, a love letter to musicians, um, but channeled through the relationship between Mark Ruffalo and Kira Knightley. Um, now, I don't like Kira Knightley. I don't think she's a good actress at all. Um, she's not a particular good singer either, um, which is only made more obvious by the talent of her singer-songwriter boyfriend in this, played by Adam Levine. Um, but having said that, the songs she sings are so well produced um, that for the most part she gets away with it. And 
her relationship on screen with Ruffalo in Begin Again is so mentor-student-like um, that the film gets away with her shortcomings. And it also has one of the most romantic and original scenes I've watched involving uh, the two of them um, that I won't spoil by setting up. Um, in a way, this movie is a little more flawed than once, um, but it was more visually stunning um, and inventive as well. Um, I like how the first half of this film is creative with the timeline of events um, that fill in the characters' backstories. Um, it gives them more meaning, I think, and it's one of those films that has a genuine warmth and love for music in a similar kind of way School of Rock has, um, albeit for a more grown-up audience. Um, it's actually interesting that I've compared two of John Carney's movies to two of Richard Linklater's movies um who knows if his career will follow a similar kind of trajectory to Richard Linklater's I for one totally would watch a boyhood version uh about musicians but anyway that movie was begin again and my final uh film recommendation for this week um that's it for this week um I'll probably be back in two weeks time um with more film recommendations thanks for listening (laughs) 